wrestling fans of all ages, shapes, sizes, genders, and everything in between. It is time to go to war and be the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to the revolution. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy. What's going on, everybody? This is Will Tarashek, the founder of the Kings of the Rings podcast. What's going on, guys? It is I, the one and only Quiet Riot himself, Zach, your host of the Young Lions Perspective. What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Greetings, one and all. This is your Prime Minister speaking, your favorite Canadian Mr. Fretz. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Nate the Effing Great from the Game Changer Podcast. If you're looking for a network that keeps wrestling real, then you've come to the right place because you're listening to you are listening to you are listening to you are listening to then you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening to what is going on, everybody. This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Now enjoy the show. Are you ready? Zach from the Resident Evil Issues Podcast here, and welcome to episode 219 of the YLP Podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this Tuesday evening, and I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for this episode of the podcast, and as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. Yes, today is Tuesday. Hope you guys are having a good day. Um, I'm actually recording this uh, a couple hours ahead of time. I actually took a mental health day. Um, just because I can. Um, so I'm doing this a little bit earlier. And when you hear this, it'll be later on in the evening. So I'm trying to get ahead of things. Um, yeah, sometimes, like, uh, like I've been saying, sometimes you just need that little mental break. A little, little day just to recharge the batteries, get everything sorted out. Get the next couple of days running. Um, and... We're working about all, you know, we're good on all that. Everything is good. I'm fine. No need to worry about me. Just wanted to, uh, you know, sometimes you just need to, again, that mental health day to just get things right and get everything sorted. So we are here, hours ahead of when you hear this episode. Again, I hope you're, you know, enjoying your day so far or your night whenever you actually hear this. Thank you so much for checking out this episode. I hope you do check out episode 218, the good, the bad, and the ugly that was WWE Backlash from last night. Um, definitely something I want you guys to check out for sure. Um, I thought it was a really good episode. I thought I pretty much got everything I wanted to see out of it in terms of that. The grade probably will deter some people a little bit, but it bees what it bees. Um, but I'm not going to talk about Backlash now because we need to be talking about NXT and another installment of, of course, last week, this week, where I talk about last week's episode of NXT. Get you and ready for tomorrow night's episode of the Black and Gold Standard. It's always a good time, and I'm not gonna lie. NXT, I'm surprised the ratings for last week were 
what they were. I believe 637,000 to 633,000, if my memory serves me right on the count. But this episode did a good amount to lead us into the next chapter, you know, whatever that may be. With the remainder of June, now going into July and heading into August, which normally would be a SummerSlam uh, build, pretty much what NXT considers their WrestleMania uh, during the summer, to kick to end the summer in proper fashion and get, get us sorted into the fall towards Survivor Series weekend. We don't know what's going to be going on with SummerSlam as of yet. Um, we don't know when that's going to be. So we'll figure that out as we go. But, I mean, yeah. NXT did some things that are leading us into the, towards the end of June and leading us into July. And uh, July is usually a month for NXT where they can really get things sorted out as they head into August. Um, everything's kind of set up in, usually, I would, say, I would say the last couple of years, um, they have really set up their SummerSlam weekend build through the month of July, and they've done it quite well the past couple of years, and I expect nothing less from the, uh, NXT leading into July. But what they're setting up for, in terms of SummerSlam weekend, whenever that may be, they are starting, they are keeping, they are doing some shit. They are doing a lot of very, very good things in terms of what they're going to be having going forward. So, let's start off with the most important thing like we always do here when it comes to last week, this week, and talking about NXT. The most important thing I want you guys to take away from this past, from last week's episode of NXT the main event scene, and I'm involving the NXT and North American Championships in this uh, portion of the program. What we're, what feuds we're going to be getting going forward is quite shocking. It is, I would say, I, I would say this though, the NXT Championship scene. Safe to say, I got that one right. I stated it in the NXT TakeOver In Your House, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, last Monday. And I pretty much stated it. You can go check it back. Go run that back and check that for yourself. The only person they really have left to go against Adam Cole is Karrion Cross. So NXT is basically telling us, more than likely, Karrion Cross is going to be the next NXT champion. Now, I'm not going to put that as a definitive, but it's pretty much what I'm taking away from NXT is that Karrion Cross is next up. And it shouldn't be surprising to any of us that Karrion Cross is going to be the next guy. Honestly, who do they have left? I said that last week. Who do they have left to go up against Cole? And the only person I can honestly think of, and I still do, is Karrion Cross. And now they're starting that build. How do we get there? Well, the cool thing was with Cole and uh, how we got the Cole and Cross was an interesting one. Um, throughout the night, um, Roddy, Mr. Roddy Strong himself, was pretty much uh, freaking the fuck out, especially after what happened at, uh, to him and Bobby at the Backlot Brawl um, when Cole beat Dream for the NXT Championship. 
And even during the promo, you know, basically, um, you know, Cole's asking, you know, in the opening segment, you know, bragging about retaining the championship. Velveteen Dream is good, but he's no Adam Cole, baby. He asks, what's next? It doesn't matter because I'm, I've run roughshod as the most dominant champion in this brand's history. Nobody can beat me. But we now turn the focus to Dexter Loomis. Roddy tells uh, everyone he hates being locked in trunks. I don't think many of us would. Colin Fish looking at him with confusion. And Roddy somehow sees Dexter in the crowd, points to him. But Yui uh, turn around and see he's gone. Nothing's there. Does it two more times and Roddy is pretty much unhinged. And of course, I turn about, you know, Adam facing Dexter Loomis tonight in the main event. And he promises to send him back to the drawing board where he belongs. As they're leaving uh, the ring and heading towards the back, Roddy then again sees Loomis and pretty much Hightail Hightail just books it and just bounces out of the ring. So that ended that, leading into the main event between Loomis and Mr. Adam Cole. Not even going to front. This actually was a a pretty, uh, it was a good match. Uh, for Loomis and Cole. I actually enjoyed it, especially, you know, everything that happened, you know, um, Loomis is, you know, Cole calling Loomis a freak, all this stuff, and good to see that Loomis was getting a good amount of offense in. Only reason Loomis lost was because of the help of Bobby Fish and Roddy Strong. Be like that sometimes. Um, pretty much at uh, the end, um, what was it? Cole has Loomis uh, going towards uh, going towards the ropes where Roddy is, uh, fish distracting the referee in the process. Hits him with a big knee. Uh, lays him, lays Loomis down. Catches him. Uh, last shot. One, two, three. The match itself was good. I actually enjoyed it. Um, for what we got out of it, hey, there's nothing wrong with seeing you know a guy like Dexter Loomis get get his shine and get a main event spot on NXT. You know they've been put. You know, but they've been pushing him quite well. And I think this is kind of like the last little chapter. Of the Cold Dream saga, of course, Loomis being involved with um, helping the Dream, having a little bit of a weird alliance. Alliance, even though they kind of weren't aligned in a sense, it was just a, you know, guy helping a guy, be you know, a bro helping a bro, be like that sometimes. But so now that Cole has passed Loomis, what was it after the matchup? I think uh, they leave, you know, this you know they leave um. Adam Cole goes back in the ring, talks more trash to Loomis, telling him, that's why you don't mess with this Undisputed Era. Leans over to him, shows up the title. Loomis then pops up, puts him up in the uh, Anaconda Vice. I forget what they actually call it. Um, I know it was, I forget the actual term of the submission that uh, Morrow had used. Um, Fishing Strong, stomp on him, breaking him up. Out comes Velveteen Dream, takes Strong, stands him into the steel steps, throws Fish into the pe- plexiglass, damn near breaking the shit. Uh, Loomis then uh, chases Strong off. Cold is then left alone in the ring after everything is said and done, holding the title up high. But then the lights went down. Cole starts being confused. Looks like something about to go down. And out comes Scarlet in a full latex bodysuit. And I'm sure most of y'all were probably checking that out. I'm just like, mm-hmm. Because I was like, mm-hmm. And um, so she comes out. Something behind her back. Crowd chanting fall and pray. Me laughing in background. She then gets to the ring and pulls out an hourglass. Turns it over. 
And of course, Lacarian Cross logo is behind her. Very nice placement of camera. Leaves it in the ring and slowly walks away. Gets up to the top of the stage, looks back, and smiles that devilish little smile that only Scarlet can smile. And she walks off, thus ending uh, this week's episode, last week's episode of NXT. So, yeah, Cole vs. Cross. And. Again, you should not be surprised by this at all. I think right now, Cross is the guy. Cross is honest. After, if let's just say Cole beat Cross. Who then? Who then? Because basically, Cole has done everything he has needed to do in terms of beating everybody he has needed to beat to be recognized as the, as he calls it, the greatest NXT champion of all time. And he makes a good case. He's beaten everybody he's needed to beat for the most part. And um Yeah. Honestly. And also, uh, one other thing with uh Cole. Uh Keith Lee had a little bit of an interaction with um Mr. Adam Cole and the and the Undisputed Era before their tag match uh with him and uh Mia Yim going up against Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano. Um, pretty much, you know, let me see if I can find that real quick, because I think I can, before their tag team matchup. You know, and uh, this is right after the Loomis bit. Um, they go in the back. Colin Fish try to calm Roddy down. Lee and Yim are right there looking at all three of them. Looking at, Lee's looking at the NXT side. He says, I have an idea of what's next for me. Also not making himself, putting his name in the ring, to become a possible number one contender for the NXT championship. So it looks as if at least we have Cross and Keith Lee looking to vie for the NXT Championship. Of course, um, Lee, as of right now, is the current reigning and defending NXT North American Champion. And um, I like both. Cross and Lee looked, you know, taking an eye, getting an eye on uh, on Cole. Cross is the most obvious. Cross, I believe, will be the takeover matchup for Cole. Um, and I think if I, I wouldn't say right now Lee would drop the championship because he still had, only had it since like what February, if anything. Well, it's actually technically since December, so it's been a it's been a little bit of a good reign. For one, Mr. Keith Lee. But there's someone waiting in the wings. And that man is in the form of Finn Balor. Of course, Finn Balor was supposed to was going to go up against Cameron Grimes last week. And he was gonna yeah, try to get his win back. Let me see if I can find it here. Because I know they had something. I don't know, you know, they didn't do it. Fuck. Let me see if I can find it, because I don't think there's... I'm on a different site. I'm on 411mania.com, because apparently the chair shot is kind of weird. All right, so they're not talking about it. Okay, so let me see if I can just go to Grimes and Balor for now. So before Balor took on Grimes, Grimes was pretty much being interviewed by Mackenzie Mitchell. I believe her, that's her name. Um... Of course, uh, Mackenzie Mitchell asking, you know, Priest about 
you know, his loss to Balor, you know, you know, what, uh, what, you know, how does he get able to reset after, you know, what happened? And basically, uh, Priest was on the line, the lines of, you know, yeah, I took a loss. I got beat. This is just one, me once having one step, getting one step closer to have my name live in infamy, to live forever. Positive mindset. Don't mind that one bit. Nice to see. But then Grimes had a little bit of an interview later on involved, somehow involving Damien Priest. And um, we see Grimes pretty much talk smack about one Damien Priest, pretty much saying, you know, I've already beat Finn Balor. And, you know, despite a good effort, somehow Priest can get the job done for the most part. And Priest is right there standing behind Mr. Grimes. Grimes trying to play nice, like, hey, man, you know, I was just talking about, just talking about how great great your match was with Balor. Bang, gets rocked upside the fucking head with a right hand. Look at that, bang! Headphone users, RIP, I'm sorry. So now Priest kind of has a little bit of beef with Grimes, or he just, you know, one of them just knock him out real quick, and uh, he leans down, pretty much says, please continue. (laughs) And walks away. Grimes then tried to get out of said match, saying he had a fucked up jaw. And again, he is in the back finding Drake as he's talking to Mr. Regal. Mr. Regal wants to have a little talk with Cameron Grimes. And we find Grimes talking with with two honeys. Uh, very nice, very nice looking, attractive ladies. I'm sure they are a PC talent. Um, having a chat with them, talking about how great he is, all this stuff. And then Grimes gets caught right-handed. And Regal pretty much tells him, yeah, you're still going to face Ballard tonight, no matter what. Don't play dumb with me, motherfucker. I'm not stupid. So Grimes thought he was going to get away with one to get out of the match with Ballard because he didn't want the smoke. Regal caught him red-handed, and he went up against Balor, and good thing that he did. Their second match was much better than their first. Holy shit, that was a physical matchup. I I enjoyed this match. I think if I had to choose, this would be my match of the night, personally. This was my match of the night. You know, this was just fun. This was a really, really, really good... Hi. You, you up for your nap? Hi. Did we wake you? You tell you okay? You'll be fine. <laughs> and I might as well, before I continue on, let me let you know that this portion of the show is brought to you by the unofficial host of the YLP podcast, Miss Marley, who would like to uh, remind you all to ensure to ensure a very healthy uh, quarantine if you are still in quarantine. Um, lucky for us, uh, the stay-at-home orders have been lifted in New Jersey. Win for all of us. Um, Four fucking months later. Um, and if she wants to remind you that, uh, make sure you get your adequate amount of water throughout the day. and Make sure you're eating a proper nutritious diet. Uh, please do get some exercise while you're during this quarantine to make sure you keep those gains up. And uh, if you're like my mumo over here, make sure you treat yourself with some treats. Because every once in a while, you deserve a little something something for your pleasures. Right? Did I get it? Good? Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, I, I plugged it. I plugged you. You're good. Okay. Going back to the match, though, 
I mean, this again, this match was just fan fucking tastic. I I thoroughly enjoyed this matchup. I I enjoyed it. Love the back and forth. Love the uh you know coup de gras miss by uh Ballard. Act like he was gonna feign an injury. It's a Superman forearm. Goes for the roll up. Ballard starts in. Hits a final cut. What they call that. Uh, goes for the reverse. Nineteen sixteen gets a two count out of that. Um. The matchup ended with Finn hitting the coup de gras and then hitting the 1916 for the victory. But this match, now that we're knotted up at one and one, somewhere down the line, these two will meet again to complete their feud. And then Balor can move on. But he didn't leave without leaving a message. That message was to the limitless man himself, Keith Lee. And pretty much told. Lee, well, technically not Lee, but on camera, saying that he's saying, I've won a lot of titles, but I've never had the North American Championship. Keith Lee, pay attention. So not only are we beginning the build towards Adam Cole and Karrion Cross, we're now beginning the build towards Keith Lee and Finn Balor. That is a take two takeover worthy matches if I've ever heard of two. Seriously, this is those two matches can really take hold on a takeover card. They really, really could. And we have enough time to build it. We have more than enough time to build to those two. Balor and Lee. Cross and Cole. Yeah, I'm all for that. I am perfectly fine with all of that. 100 fucking percent. And yeah, yeah, give me all, give me both of that. Give me both of those, please. This, this is exactly what I'm talking about. We're about to, we're about to get a jetpack on carrying crosses. We pretty much given them a jetpack. And now we get Balor and Lee. Yeah, we are getting spoiled this summer. We are going to get quite spoiled, quite fed, and it's going to be very, very nice to see that go down. And I am thoroughly excited to see how everything shakes out leading up to those two matches, man. Oh, my God. Oh. How, I, I still don't know how they do it. To keep me intrigued and invested and in shock. And one time, for uh, shout out to Ricky real quick, because we talked a little bit on Twitter last week, and I saw the uh, image of Scarlet with the hourglass, and all Ricky told me was, just watch how they set it up. So shout out to King Ricky Rose himself for letting me in on that information, because that's all he gave me. I watched it, and I'm just like, oh my god. They are setting both of these matchups to be perfect. Absolutely perfect. I am thoroughly happy with with, with the beginning this summer in terms of the main event scene for these two titles. And yeah, there's nothing we can be mad about with this one. There's nothing we can be mad about with that. I want to move into the cruiserweight scene real quick. Um, We had El Hijo 
Del Fantasma come out uh, as the new cruiserweight, new NXT cruiserweight champion. I believe NXT interim cruiserweight champion for the time being until Jordan Devlin comes back into the fold, and then we can get Fantasma and uh, Devlin in the near future. Please lift the ban in the UK wrestling gods. We need Devlin over here real quick. Just saying. Amen. And and Pete Dunn. And Pete Dunn, please. Pete Dunn, thank you. And Tony Storm and all the other ones in NXT UK because they need they deserve it and they need they need to get some work in. Lit. All right. Thank you. Fantasma comes out. He's beginning his promo. Out comes Drake Maverick immediately. Not even 10 seconds into his beginning of his promo. I think he only said four words in Spanish. Drake Maverick comes out by saying, of course, you know, congratulating on becoming NXT Cruiserweight Champion. But when it comes down to it, Drake still believes he can beat him. You know, now that he's a full-time NXT contracted superstar. Come on. Come on. Good girl. Good job. Man, get comfies. Get comfies. Yeah, get comfy, girl. Yeah, pick up with me. Drake says, I know I can beat you. And I want another crack at the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. NXT Interim Cruiserweight Championship, I'm sorry. So, Phantasma tells him, yeah, why not? See. See. But out come the two masked men that have been haunting El Hijo del Fantasma for some time now. And I hate to say I told you so. But I told you so. <laughs> I said it last week. I wouldn't be surprised if it was Joaquin and Raul as the two masked men involved. And now, not only do we have El Hijo del Fantasma... Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza as a trio. El Hijo del Fantasma is no longer El Hijo del Fantasma. He is now known as Santos Escobar. And actually, I'm fucking with that. And here's the crazy part. He unmasked. He is not donning the mask any longer. And he looks like a character out of damn Narcos. Santos Escobar. I fucks with that name. I fucks with that. And seeing Raul and Joaquin again, I kind of, I had a feeling it was just like, yeah, this is definitely Raul and Joaquin. I just didn't know what capacity they were going to be dealing with in terms of Maverick and Fantasma. I thought they were going to go out. Of course, it makes you think, oh, they're going to face, they're going to challenge those two guys again. And of course, the old okie doke Fantasma turning on Maverick, bam, beating that ass real quick. All of them unmasked. I am Santos Escobar, and I am the NXT Cruiserweight Champion, and I am untouchable. I want to see where this goes. I want to see what they're going to do with this. And I cannot wait to see what they do with this. This is going to be something interesting. Now that we do, now Elio Del Fantasma is no longer, you know, he went from babyface to heel mighty quickly. And I am perfectly fine with that. Now you have a proper heel 
Cruiserweight Champion. This is going to be fun. This is going to be quite fun to see and see what develops going forward as we now are being introduced to Santos Escobar. How will they maneuver him? I mean, he's already got the belt. So pretty much we're just thinking, I'm thinking in my head that, um, oh yeah, this is going to be something very interesting within the Cruiserweight division. That was pretty much all we had from the Cruiserweight division, but it's really, it's a really nice shot to have, you know, what is what we're going to expect from Escobar going forward. Now, we've already seen how he goes gets down in the ring, debuting in the in the Cruiserweight uh tournament and becoming uh the new champion. Now we have him as a heel and I am thoroughly pleased with the way they set everything up. Thoroughly pleased with every, everything they set up with. Can't be mad at all. You can't be mad at that. I will round out this portion of the program because I just wanted to keep it short and sweet with the tag teams. Um, the mixed tag match between, of course, Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano taking on Keith Lee and Mia Yim was very nice. And actually, before I get into that, um, since now Io Shirai is the new NXT Women's Champion, um, Dakota Kai has staked her claim to be the one to take the championship from EO, so it looks like we're going to get a EO Shirai Dakota Kai a little bit of a feud for the championship, and I ain't mad at that at all. If that's the if that's the route we're going, excuse me, if that's the route we're going to go for that, that's not a bad first defense for EO. EO and Dakota have a little bit of issue, kinda, and I think they're waiting on uh, Shirai and Larray. They're just they're just letting this one marinate for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Now, I did state Shirai and LeRae um, would be a solid NXT Women's Championship match um, because now the roles are kind of reversed in a sense. Where, I'm not saying Shirai is still a heel, but she's just a crazy-ass motherfucker. And LeRae is now the Poison Pixie. I think that's a money match we can still wait on. I did state about a couple weeks ago that Shirai LeRae would be a solid takeover matchup, especially one year later, you know, with them being in different positions in terms of their character. But maybe I'm thinking a little too soon, personally. They could pull this off for a little while. You know, especially with the fact that LeRae and Yim are kind of going at things right now. They're going to let that, I think they're going to let LeRae Shirai marinate for just a little bit. I think that's what they're going to do for just a little bit. Um, and I don't mind it. You know, got to let it marinate. Dakota Kai is a first title defense. I think that's not bad for EO. Um, I think it would be a solid, uh, you know, first title defense for EO. Probably wouldn't have, it's not takeover worthy, but we could definitely have it on an NXT card. Um, an NXT uh, weekly match card. And I think that would definitely do a good service for both ladies as a whole, as well as Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, all parties involved would actually be looking good coming out of it, I think. Um, getting back into the tag team portion of the program. This match actually was fun. Fun to watch. Fun, 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 fun. Always fun to see um, these four, you know, participating quite well. And I like the interaction amongst both sides with... Um, 
you know, the in, beginning interaction with uh, Loray and Mia talking smack to each other, Johnny and Keith talking smack to each other. And then Loray, you know, Gargano and Yim are talking smack to each other. And then you see Loray just look like she was about to square up on uh, Keith Lee. And <laughs> he just literally picks her ass, the little ass up, and was just like, move out of the way, little girl. This is not for you. Uh, <laughs> she was funny as hell. Uh, I wish he just let her do it. Just say, like, hey, and you go there. I'm going to go over to your man's real quick. You do it with my girl. Uh, <laughs> that was, I was dying off that shit. Uh, this was actually a fun matchup. I like the fact that um, the fact that the leader didn't go after the red makes sense. Um, but the, that one final beat DDT where Lee landed on top of Candice, oh dear God, oh dear God, I hope she's okay. <laughs> that is a lot of man crashing onto a little one. Okay? She tiny. Her tiny, you, did you see the, the size discrepancy of Candice and Keith? He just lifted her up like you were like, like, there was like a, this four-year-old needs to just like, you go over here, little one, and then I'm gonna do over here. <laughs> And then just seeing that one final beat DDT, and he lands right on Johnny's wife. Oh my god, that is that is large oof status if I have ever heard of it. I love the fact that they had uh, Gargano get suplexed by Mia. That was funny as hell. Um, you know, back to back suplexes on both ladies. Everybody got their shots in. Um, Mia Yim and Candice were hitting soul food on each other, which I thought was absolutely very nice. Um, the interaction between Gargano and Lee throughout the matchup was very clean. I, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I enjoyed all of that. Um, the way it ended was kind, kind of interesting. After the uh, one final beat DDT, um, Johnny, not Johnny, uh, Keith Lee, trying to be the honorable man that he is, tries to pick up Johnny's wife and move her out of the way so she can just stay out of harm's way and allow Johnny to get the pinfall over Keith Lee thus getting the victory for himself and his wifey boo-boo. Gotta keep your eyes on the ball, kid. Gotta keep your eyes on the ball, Mr. Keith Lee. But that was a spicy way to end the matchup, kind of in the same fashion as they did in their last matchup um, with, I believe, was it Candice who pinned Mia? Yeah, Candice pinned Mia. And now this time around, Gargano pinned Keith. I don't know what it means going forward, Considering the fact that Gargano did lose to Lee for the championship, um, I don't think they will be. I don't think they would be um, trying to do that again. What? You think they're going to do it again? You think they're going to do Lee versus Lim again? Don't wink at me. What? Okay, I looked outside and didn't see anything. What happened? What's over there? You heard something? I don't know. You tell me. We'll figure it out later. Um, <laughs> this was a very solid interaction between all four parties, all four participants involved in the match. I loved it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Hi. Hi. Oh, you want you want pets? Okay. You, okay, I'll give you pets if you don't act stupid. And... Yeah, the four of them really, they they have been really having some good chemistry with all parties involved. I love the I love the chemistry between Lee and uh, Yim, Lorraine and Yim, I should say, and Lee and Gargano. Still some good shit. 
Um, I don't know what this means now going forward, now that Lorey and Yin, Lorey and Gargano had two wins over Keith and Yin. Um, I don't know what it means for everybody involved going forward as of yet. We'll soon see. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens with this going forward now that Keith is now going to be, you know, having to deal with Finn Balor that's on the horizon. And the Ray and Yen may be, may be separating ways. Who knows? They've, I think they've done more than enough to say that this pretty much is uh, well and done. Um, it's cooked. It's medium rare. It's ready to go. It's ready to just sit. And um, I, we'll, we'll see how everything goes. We will see how everything goes. Ooh. That's an interesting... Uh, Nice little thing there. Very nice. Uh, if those of you, for those of you who are interested in the football scene, just want to let you guys know, January 31st, they will be doing the Pro Bowl in Las Vegas for the first time, I believe, ever. Um, so if you guys are interested in that, Pro Bowl, Las Vegas, January 31st. Ooh-wee. Ooh-wee. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, we'll, let's talk about... Um, Brizango for a moment as they get prepared for their title match against Imperium. I like this vignette. I've really enjoyed this vignette. How they talked about, you know, making people laugh over time being a punchline over on SmackDown, stopping them from their success. You know, talking about all the clothes they've worn, looking good. You know, talking about Fandango's debut win at WrestleMania and what Breeze did in NXT. They do say they lost focus on SmackDown. We need to leave the entertainment before and after the bell. You know, we leave the entertainment before we get through the ropes, from the first bell to the second bell. And when all is said and done, we will be the NXT Tag Team Champions. And I'll talk a little bit more about this matchup. But it's nice to see that a team like Brizongo is definitely getting a shot against Imperium. And I think this is going to be a fun matchup. I think... I like the fact that they're now starting to take things seriously. Now, they, you know, they leave the entertainment outside of the ring. Once we get in the ring, it's all business. And they showed that last week um, in the triple threat tag team victory over Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch and um, the Undisputed Era in that triple threat tag match last week. I mean, it should it should look to be a good matchup between Imperium and Brizongo. I'll talk more about it in the segment, though. But that will, ladies and gentlemen, conclude the last week portion of last week. This week, when we come back, we'll get you. I will get you primed and ready for tomorrow night's episode of NXT, as well as maybe we'll discuss a little bit of news. If anything, if I, if I can see anything that comes up, you know, I'll certainly talk about it. Uh, we'll talk about the. I'm for sure we'll talk about the ratings and also the breaking news of the uh, NXT talent uh, testing positive for COVID. Um, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the ratings. Let me see if I can find them real quick. And because we already know pretty much what the numbers were, but we'll discuss it. That's from April. And anything else we may be talking about in terms of NXT, we'll discuss all of that after the commercial break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
are back with episode 219 of the YLP Podcast. Now, we get to talk about what's going down this week. This week's episode of NXT. It's tag team's focus. Now, we know of right now, we won't know of anything else, but I did pull up the last word on ProWrestling.com. And they usually are prepared to give us a nice little preview of what's going to be going down tomorrow night on NXT. So let's get right into it. So this is from, uh, like I said, the last word on ProWrestling.com. Let's see what they have to say. It's almost Wednesday. That means Godspeed, Luke Harper. WWE NXT is almost upon us once more with yet another round of its weekly website programming. It has become traditional NXT fashion during the COVID-19 era. Only one match has been advertised in advance. That is a lie. We have two. Thankfully, it looks to be an excellent women's tag team match. Don't believe me? Check it out. It's for one. So, this is what they have to say about the women's tag team championship match between Sasha Banks and Bayley going up against the team of Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox. Sasha Banks and Bayley have successfully defended their newly acquired women's tag team championships at Backlash. This week, they're looking to defend the gold in the place which made them the wrestlers they are today, NXT. Both Sasha and Bayley helped build the black and yellow brand into what it is. Two of the greatest holders of the NXT Women's Championship of all time, they were always bringing back. This week, they square off with two of the best young and talented women's wrestlers around today. Wales' own girl with the Chinese wizard Tegan Knox and the ballsy badass Shotzi Blackheart. They have successfully established themselves as top contenders to the Women's Tag and Championships. Can the grabs capitalize on the ongoing background feud of Banks and Bailey? Divide and conquer, my friends. Make sure you don't miss this one. The other tag team matchup we have is for the NXT Tag Team Championships and Bailey's first title defense going up against the team of Rizango. Uh, Rizango, of course, won their, uh, got their way into the Tag Team Championship match um, with a victory in the triple threat tag team matchup as they went up against Undisputed Era and the team of Oni, Orton, and Team Burt, which is always a cool thing in and of itself. It was quite surprising to see Rizango come back A, because now um, Fandango's back from injury. Please do not get injured, Fandango. Please. Please. Stay healthy, my dude. Please stay healthy. Um, my goodness. I do. Both of these tag team matchups are going to be solid tag team matchups. I think now that we have the titles back on Banks and Bailey. I have this feeling that, you know, they're going to really, hopefully, and this is the hope, because WWE most times still acts retarded. Excuse me. When it comes to Bailey and Banks' champions, their first go-around last year, I gave you sheer fucking genius. Sheer genius. And you can go back to my old shit um, on the, I believe you can find it on the YLP podcast, uh, the old version and I was giving you chapter and verse and how you should have built Banks and Bailey and made add prestige to the women's tag team championship and if you want a little uh, nice little short version um here we go pretty much everything would have led to Banks and Bailey taking on Asuka and Kyrie Sane at SummerSlam or what would have been a battle of two teams to dominate the tag team division and pretty much it was going to meet at an impasse pretty much showing who is the best tag team going in the world in terms of WWE 
right now. I would have had Asuka and Kairi Sane defeat Banks and Bailey after a nice lengthy title reign, uh, which pretty much would have had, what, would have been, what uh, six months? Which I think is more than enough time to establish themselves as a solid tag team before Asuka and Kairi Sane took the reins and kept it moving. Um, facing off against teams, of course, like Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville on the way, the Iconics, um, going down to NXT and taking on, you know, maybe Shafir and Duke at the time that I had. I believe I was booking them at the time. Um, going down to NXT, battling, going all across all three brands and dominating and pretty much being the best women's tag team on the planet. They didn't do that. And seven weeks later at WrestleMania, they lost in a fatal four-way match and the Iconics took the belts. After that, pretty much went down the hill and the women's tag team division, in our eyes at that point, at least to me, was simply non-existent. Oh joy, oh joy, turn into oh dear, oh dear. Now that we have Banks and Bailey back with the Tag Team Championships, they are doing the one thing that they should have done in the first place, and they are going back down to NXT to defend the Tag Team Championships for the first time in their title reign, and hopefully this time around, they actually retain the championships in their first title reign, because if I remember correctly, um, it was either their first or second title reign, or first or second title defense, I should say, that they lost the belts. Um, so hopefully this time around, they go down to NXT, have a banger of a match against Blackheart and Knox, two ladies who really have been um, showing up and showing out as of late in the women's division over down in NXT. Um, I'm big fans of both of them. I think Blackheart has a lot of upside um, going forward, especially with the push she's getting. And I think Tegan Knox has a shit ton of upside, not to mention she's quite attractive. I am just a man. I am merely... Just a man. And she's one of my favorites, so suck it. Um, but they are... These four, I think, can really have a solid matchup. I do like the fact that Banks and Bailey made, are making you know good on their promise. Okay, babe. Going down to NXT, defending the championships, being the tag team champions, the gold role models that they are, and defending the said championships. Now think, of, now, think of it like this. Every champion after Banks and Bailey. I find it funny that none of those teams went down to NXT and defended that belt. They defended the, the no, no team, period. Went down to NXT and defended those championships, keeping it strictly on Raw and SmackDown. Kind of funny how that works out, which is unfortunate for the rest of the division because I think there were some tag teams down around last year that they really could have utilized or at least put teams together to work it out. They really could have done a lot of create, been very creative with the women's tag team division from the outset. And unfortunately, they really didn't capitalize on utilizing the talent that they had across all three brands, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Um, here's hoping this time around during Binks and Bailey's second title reign that they're able to utilize tag teams we normally don't see. Now, with this, the winner of said tag team match is going to go on to face the Iconics this coming Monday for the Women's Tag Team Championship. Uh, I do expect Banks and Bailey to retain tomorrow night um, against Blackheart and Knox, but I do believe that I could we can see a very solid performance Given the fact that Knox has been putting on very solid performances, I I would say at least all the way back to War Games last year, Knox has been really showing herself and showing her stuff and doing what she does best in that ring. Her feud with Dakota Kai was solid, getting the victory in that six-woman tag team match and pinning Dakota Kai, I think, was a nice little measure of revenge for her. Um, and seeing her in this capacity does help out the, the division as a whole. It benefits everyone involved. And with a team like Banks and Bailey right now, who are holding the Women's Tag Team Championships, Bailey holding the SmackDown Women's title, I would have loved, though, 
last year, I had this weird booking that I would have had the two-woman power trip. The two-woman power trip. Have Banks hold the Raw Women's Championship. Have Bailey hold the women's, SmackDown Women's Tag Team Championship. Well, SmackDown Tag Team, uh, SmackDown Women's Championship, my apologies. And have and hold both of the Women's Tag Team Championships at the same time. The two-woman power trip. Pretty much dominating the women's division as everyone's trying to gun for them. And I pretty much had that also, I believe that was last year, um, breaking down what could have happened with that and you could, how you could have elevated actual talent. That didn't really work out in our favor either because they still had the women's tag team division be straight up garbage. So hopefully, this time around, Banks and Bailey can really defend their championships in a proper light. Um, who knows how long they'll hold the belts. A lot of people are saying, you know, are worried about her getting past the 30-day 30, 30 mark. Um, when in her last title reign, she almost actually got the 50 days holding the Women's Tag Team Championship. I believe it was off uh, 40 something days, if I remember correctly. So, here's hoping that we A, get a solid match out of Banks and Bailey versus Blackheart and Knox. B, this actually begins the snowball effect of gaining some momentum for the tag team division. And three, I just want to know what outfits he can wear. So, I'm, I'm all for Well, I want to see what all of them wear. And yes, Bailey has a Karen haircut. Yes, we can finally say that now. And I'm, I'm still pissed to this day. I didn't think of that much sooner because I would have easily killed the game with that 100%. Moving on to the men's side in terms of the tag team championships, I am expecting a balls to the wall matchup between Brizango and Imperium. A, big fan of the fact that Imperium is holding the NXT Tag Team Championship right now, given the fact that the division is slowly beginning its resurgence um, with teams like Brizongo and DeShare, um, Oni Lurkin and Danny Burks. The Undisputed Era is still looming around. And I'm curious to see what the rest of the division is going to look like as we build towards the end of 2020. Um, who knows? You know, I still have that feeling that maybe there should be a team or two that can come back down to NXT and start working with these guys um, because, honestly, the Tag Team Division... Up top is pretty ba- pretty damn bad. At least from my taste, personally. Um, just not a fan of it. You know, really could do without, honestly. And, uh, excuse me one moment. I'm going to... My apologies. I had to move my setup over to the kitchen because my laptop was actually about to die. Um, <laughs> so, it may sound a little different when you hear it on this, so forgive me. Um... But I am enjoying the fact that Imperium right now do hold the Tag Team Championships. And I'm curious to see what, you know, matches we get out of Imperium in terms of Brizongo. Because I think the money match they're going to be doing is Imperium versus Danny Birch and uh, Oni Lorcan. Um, I think that will be their money match going forward. Um, also, look out for Indushare because I think they're going to be doing something major with them coming soon. But I think right now I'm going to go with Imperium to retain given the fact that this is their first title defense. But I know Breezango will give them their best. Um, and I know Dango and uh, Breeze will definitely put on a solid match for Imperium in their first out of defense. And Bartel and Eichner really have been impressing. Uh, at least me as of late. I don't know about you. But Eichner and Bartel have just been two guys that you can really see prog- so much progression from them. when Even when they're in NXT. Um, just coming up as a team. Um, and then starting to build. And then starting... You know, building with Falter and all that good stuff. They have really been impressing me ever since last year. 
and they these two have some good ass chemistry, uh, and so do uh, Brizango and uh, so do uh, Breeze and Gango, I should say. And these two really have really shown up and showed out in terms of what they can do in the ring. I can't wait to see what Brizango brings to the table when they go up against a team like Imperium, because this is going to be two different styles going in there and just really seeing who's the better tag team right now in NXT. I'm going to go with Imperium to retain, but I think Brizango will put on a solid performance that will leave me smiling in my wig. Now that is going to conclude the this week portion of last week this week but we do have some news that we need to talk about before we head out for the night for me less e-wrestlingnews.com i swear i can't speak english breaking news wwe nxt talent test positive for covid19 by ryan clark wwe has announced that nxt that an nxt developmental talent has tested positive for covid19 according to reports the person is a trainee and not someone who's appeared on nxt tv WWE sent us the following statement, noting that the talent in question was at the WWE Performance Center on Tuesday, June 9th. As of now, no other individuals who were in contact with this person has tested positive. All the talent, production crew, and employees on site at the training and production facilities will be tested for COVID-19 immediately. Here's W. Here's their official statement. I'm just messing with my watch, don't mind me. A developmental talent. I should say, quote, a developmental talent who was last on site and WWE's training facility on Tuesday, June 9th, has tested positive for COVID-19. Since that time, no other individuals that attended the facility have reported symptoms. However, out of an abundance of caution and to ensure the health and safety of the companies of performers and staff, all talent, production crew, and employees on site at the training and production facilities will be tested for COVID-19 immediately. Following the test results, WWE plans to proceed with its normal television production schedule. And then we get into the other article I had for following up on this from WrestlingInc.com. WWE TV tapings canceled due to COVID-19 testing on Tuesday. Note on the talent that tested positive. This is from my favorite professional wrestling writer in the game today, Mark Middleton. Tuesday's TV, WWE TV tapings at the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida have reportedly been canceled due to a, to a positive coronavirus test in the company. As noted on Monday night, WWE issued a statement to the media to announce that a WWE developmental talent has tested positive for COVID-19. The talent was last on site at the Performance Center on Tuesday, June 9th. Of course, you can check out the whole uh, original report for the positive test, plus the full statement from Dr. WWE's Dr. Dugas. WWE's original announcement noted that all talent, production crew, and employees who were on site at the same time as the positive talent would now be tested for the coronavirus, and that WWE plans to proceed with a normal schedule after those test results. John Pollock noted that Tuesday's tapings will not be taking place, but they are hoping to resume tapings on Wednesday. It looks like COVID-19 testing will be taking place at the Performance Center later today, Tuesday. Brian, which is today. Brian Alvarez wrote on Twitter that Tuesday's tapings are being canceled so they can test everyone they need to. Regarding the positive test, WWE backstage reporter Ryan Satin tweeted that the person is a PC developmental talent, not someone on NXT TV. WWE's taping Raw and SmackDown TV shows at the Performance Center this week and then NXT content on Wednesday ahead of the USA Network episode. There's no further word yet on how the coronavirus testing will change the rest of the WWE schedule, but stay tuned as we will keep you updated. Oh my, that is very, that is quite interesting to see that this is the second time that we have actually seen this, and, um, hmm, 
I mean, hopefully, you know, they do have something. And I, they do. They And WWE actually issued a statement on fans not wearing masks. Um, all this stuff. This is maybe a whole entire segment about coronavirus. But we'll get into the ratings uh, before we head out for tonight. Uh, for tonight. From WrestlingInc.com, WWE issued a statement on fans not wearing masks at Monday's TV tapings. This is from Raj Giri. Let's see here. I'm going to just want to make sure my battery's charging. I don't, there we go. Okay. There we go. Bum, bum, bum. All right. So, as previously reported, real fans were in attendance at Monday's WWE television tapings for the first time since March due to the coronavirus pandemic. It consisted of local diehard fans as well as friends and family. Wrestling Inc. first reported that the fans signed waivers at the show, stating that WWE wasn't liable if they contracted COVID-19 and that there could be inherent risk attending the event. The fans had also had their temperatures taken and filled out a questionnaire. There were also reports that the fans were told that they could not wear a mask in the audience or they would have to leave. Wrestling Inc. reached out to WWE with some questions regarding fans attending their show not wearing masks, as well as when the company learned of the developmental talent testing positive for COVID-19. While WWE has not commented on the positive test, they did send us a statement regarding fans not wearing masks. WWE stated, Fan, that face masks were not required because the fans underwent medical screenings and were kept apart from talent and production crew. The statement did not indicate that masks were banned. The company noted that attendance was below 20% capacity and social distancing guidelines were adhered to with at least six feet between parties. Talent employees and production crew are being tested for COVID-19 today at the WWE Performance Center. WWE Associate Medical Director Jeffrey Duga, Dr. Jeffrey Dugas, stated that once the test results came back, WWE will continue to proceed with their normal television production schedule. WWE is currently scheduled to take next week's Raw and SmackDown, as well as two weeks of NXT on Wednesday after today's tapings were canceled. And this is the statement from WWE. Quote, Fans have not been in attendance at WWE events since March 13th. Yesterday, a select number of friends and family were permitted to attend WWE's TV production. These individuals were required to participate in medical screenings prior to entering the closed set at our training facility and were kept apart from in-ring performance and production personnel. Attendance was below 20% capacity and social distancing guidelines were adhered to with at least six feet between parties. Thus, face masks were not required. Ha. Huh. Hmm. There's so much to take in with that, to be truthfully honest. And yes, I mean, as far as we know, from what I try to catch up on and whatnot, um, that the person who had it, I believe, is uh, better better now. The, uh, the symptoms aren't showing as much. And um, they are doing quite well with, their, um, with what's going on. So they are a little bit better than uh, they were prior to, which is always a good thing in my eyes. Um, but it does suck that it was a, a I mean, that wasn't a, it was a trainee, um, that caught it and we won't know anything until the resets, results come back. Now they do have a TV schedule. They still have to perform to given the fact that the NXT tapings are pretty much tomorrow night, uh, tomorrow, actually tomorrow in the, uh, after morning, afternoon, whenever they decide to do it, but it will be interesting to see what is going to happen with, um, this whole situation, because I saw some things on Twitter and people were not, um, you know, feeling the whole, um, you know, fact that they, you know, they didn't have masks or anything like that. I mean, you know, 
I guess it'll work. We'll see what happens. I mean, you know, they're, I mean, they're doing their testing. Once the results come back, they can return as long as everything is golden. Um, hopefully that every person that's tested didn't have to te- didn't test positive for coronavirus and they are able to get back to business like they usually would. Ooh, this is an interesting article I just pulled up. And this will be the last one before we get into the ratings to head out. Promise. From ringsidenews.com, WWE superstars frustrated and want time off like Roman Reigns received. This is from Felix Upton. This actually dropped six hours ago. WWE discovered a positive test for the novel coronavirus, and now they will have to test the entire roster. This will also cause them to push back their next set of television tapings as Ringside News was first to exclusively report. Congratulations to you. You have a cookie. The company did not allow fans to wear masks in the building. On top of that, they were made to sign waivers, which removed any liability from WWE if COVID-19 was contracted. These fans didn't realize that there was a positive virus result around. WWE's found out with every WWE superstars found out with everyone else. WrestleTalk reports that some WWE superstars are considering asking for a long vacation. Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn did it, so they are thinking about joining them in that request. Some of the roster that we've spoken to are becoming increasingly frustrated with the lack of communication from WWE during the pandemic, and some are considering asking for time off as we've seen as we have seen with Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. We'll have to see if WWE starts granting those leaves of absence. The COVID-19 pandemic is still a very real concern. It might not be taking every headline like it did in April, but a positive coronavirus test shook WWE to its core. We'll keep, we'll keep an eye, close eye on this ongoing situation right here at Ringside News, and thank you very much. It doesn't surprise me that they would have, that there are talent in the roster that are wanting to maybe take some time off and be and this being the you know being able to do it because of covid and you know the fact that roman of course just had a uh i believe it's twins um just had kids so he you know he definitely doesn't want to contract it come home to his kids and have them get it understandable um bees what it bees and um and i know sammy zane definitely didn't want to come back and do the do the coronavirus had unfortunately had stripped and himself stripped of the AE, uh, not the, AEW, the WWE Intercontinental Championship, which is now held by AJ Styles, um, due to the Intercontinental Championship Tournament, great final, by the way, fantastic. Um, so, would I be surprised to see any major talent from the company actually ask for their ask for leave? Wouldn't surprise me one bit. AEW has been doing that. You know, anybody that wasn't comfortable working during the pandemic. We're given that leave of absence, be able to uh, quarantine, stay home until everything was kosher. Um, don't be surprised if WWE starts doing the same thing quite soon, if especially, and don't be surprised if bigger names um, on the roster start asking for their leave of absence. Um, do not be surprised, and it wouldn't surprise me either that you know, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. It really wouldn't, and so don't be shocked if we hear a name you know, like a Roman Reigns or, or a Sami Zayn in high capacity that wants to have a leave of absence. Do not be surprised by that. Prepare yourself, get your mind right, and, you know, from there we will go. And to round out this week's episode of Last Week This Week, we will end with the ratings from last week. And AEW Dynamite slightly edged WWE NXT in viewership last Wednesday night. This is from uh, WrestlingNews.co and written by Andrew Ravens. 
Live viewership numbers for both AEW Dynamite and NXT are in. AEW and NXT were down this week in total viewers. They also saw a drop in the important 18-49 demographic. This was also the post-edition of NXT for Sunday's TakeOver In Your House special. AEW Dynamite drew 677. I thought it was 637, my apologies. 677,000 live viewers. And NXT drew 673,000 live viewers. Last week, 800... 800, Jesus... AEW drew 730,000, while NXT drew 715,000. As is the case in most weeks, AEW won the 18-49 demographic. NXT ranked 35th among the top 150 shows on cable, while AEW was number 14. So, hopefully, I mean, even with la- even what we got last week with uh, NXT, still wasn't... You know, it still was a big drop. I mean, a hundred, some somewhere close to like a what was it forty thousand? I think it was almost forty thousand. They lost, and then for Dynamite it was a little bit, you know, close to sixty, uh, fifty-seven thousand. Well, yeah, fifty like three thousand somewhere. And AEW pretty much uh, NXT lost about thirty-four or thirty yeah, thirty-two. No. Hold on, math hard. Thirty-some-odd thousand? Thirty-two thousand? If you think about it? No. Eh, somewhere around there. I can't math. Ugh, about forty-two thousand. So, they didn't lose many viewers, but they did drop down into the demographic. Um, So hopefully this week, um, especially with what NXT brings is bringing to the table, they start to get a little bump in the ratings. Oh, same thing for ADEW. Um, we won't get into that because, well, we talk about that on Fridays over on Light the Fuse. But um, I'll be looking at it for my personal usage. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I go. I got today. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude episode 219 of the YLP podcast. As always, we're going to close out the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 220 of the YLP Podcast going down this Friday night. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 219 of the YLP Podcast. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. Be sure to uh, check out our Teespring store over at teespring.com. Search for Russell Addict Radio. You'll be able to find all collections over there, including my own, the YLP Collection over at teespring.com slash the dash YLP dash collection. You can check out all my merch over there. Of course, I got it all for men, women, and the young cubs we got out there, as well as accessories like organic tote bags, beach towels, and die cast stickers, stuff you can put on your laptop, utilize on a daily basis, and socks. Who doesn't love a nice pair of YLP socks? Trust me, they look good. And I will be getting a pair of my own quite soon. Uh, once I get everything sorted out in terms of needs, um, you can go over there, of course, t shirts, tank tops, floor tank tops, uh, leggings for the ladies, of course, uh, hoodies, crew necks, all that good stuff. As well, you can get your boys 
uh, own uh, other Swinky merch over with our Pride collection that we have going on throughout the month of June. And all proceeds will be going to the Trevor Project, specializing in crisis intervention for the LGBTQIA community. All first try, nailed it. <laughs> Deal with it. So, and, and we do appreciate the Trevor Project supporting us and uh, supporting them and getting all that out there. And like I've said, all the proceeds will be going to them uh, to help in their efforts to make all that happen going down. So make sure you get yourself some swanky ass merch for the summer. Go over to Teespring.com. You, you already know what I'm doing. You already know what I'm talking about. Anyways, uh, let's talk about Patreon for a moment, if we can. Of course, Patreon.com. Search for us at Attic Radio. You should be able to find it, no problem. $5 a month, 17 cents a day when you break down the math. We'll get you access like you have never seen before in terms of Wrestle Attic Radio. You can check out exclusive shows you will not hear anywhere else. Not even on Wrestle Attic Radio programming. Shows like Love and War with the uh, Kate Murphy and King Ricky Rose talking about dating as a professional wrestling fan and as a professional wrestling podcaster and anybody who is a professional wrestling fan I would say definitely check out this episode you can find the first episode on YouTube if I'm not mistaken and all the other episodes are actually on the Patreon page so if you're thinking about wanting to check out Love and War you gotta be a patron for sure $5 a month also, you get exclusive access to our group chat over there, which you can interact with all of the members of the WrestleMania Radio family, including myself. Uh, I'm not on there as much because I, because my loner mentality just let me not want to do that. But I am doing better with that and trying to interact with you guys for sure. Um, yeah, we have a great time over there, and shout out to all our patrons that we already have with us that are rocking with us and enjoying the chat as much as possible. They would have no problem telling you. They, it is a ball in there, and we talk a lot about like you know wrestling and other things like that life things you know we do discuss we are a familiar we family over here on this side so yeah exclusive group chat and to round it all off how about 15% on every purchase you make on our Teespring stores when you go to check out every single time you go on Teespring you're thinking you know I'm getting some of that swanky ass YLP merch bro you know maybe I can get some leggings for my girl I think I would you know that little pink drawing with the you know, with the YLP logo on there. There's a lot of radio on above the booty. Super hella clean. I got a copy pair of that. If you're a patron, you'd be able to get an exclusive code. That code I cannot tell you because you're not a patron. So it'd be like that sometimes. Um, no I'm kidding. But there's an exclusive code you can use every single time you go to check out. 15% off every single time you go check out. Every single time. Try it. If you're a patron, I can have my patrons, the patrons tell you, yes, 15% off every single time with an exclusive code that you won't get anywhere else but Patreon. So if it, so it's, this is something that you would like to rock with. Like I said, all it takes is $5 a month, 17 cents a day. You probably have that in your center console right now, somewhere in your, in your couch or probably in your pocket. Wouldn't surprise me one damn bit. Um, <laughs> but yes, of course it's always accepted, never expected, um, but yeah, definitely check it out. See what we bring to the table and all that stuff. Patreon.com slash Radio, And consider joining the Patreon family today. If you have any thoughts, opinions, comments, uh, you just want to shoot the shit with your boy. Um, you you say the show sucked. Or you have any show ideas for something I'm, you want, want me to talk about on the Secret Files podcast over on Patreon. Or just on the uh anything that's going on in the world of professional wrestling sound off make your voice heard let it be known go over you can go over to of course ambiguous podcast solutions.com you can find my page over there leave a comment 
all comments are welcome. Even the negative ones and the trolly ones, I do not care. Because it's still a reaction from me, so I win. You can also leave a voice message over on anchor.fm slash young lions perspective. And of course, anchor.fm slash WrestleAddict Radio. If you're on the WrestleAddict Radio page and you're listening to this episode right now, please do make sure to put YLP in the headline so I know that you're talking to me personally. And if I'd like your voice message enough, I will have no problem featuring it on a future episode of the YLP podcast without questions. Promise you, it will happen. Of course. If you enjoyed this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the YLP podcast. Share this episode across all of your social media, the Instagrams, Facebooks, Twitters, Facebook messengers, your gab, hit the DMs, put it in a text message, put it in your Tinder bio and see how that works out for you. Put it in your LinkedIn. A friend might be a friend, uh, a friend of a friend, maybe a fan of uh, professional wrestling, and they may like my style of podcasting and how I get down and what I bring to the table. So you may think, yo. This is guy Zach over in the YLP podcast. I think he, you know, he he's right. He's like right up your alley in terms of you know what you like to listen to in a podcast. Again, share it, even if they say it sucked. Share it. You never know. One person can turn into two, two to four, four to mo. Feel me? And that's how you get the word out there about the WrestleAddict Radio, especially the YLP podcast, which is always appreciated. But just make sure you show love to WrestleAddict Radio. We are a great group of professional wrestling podcasts. I think we bring a lot to the table, especially in these unprecedented times. We combine the YLP universe and Wrestle Addict Radio together into the one great war nation. Not only are we the cure for the common wrestling podcast, but we are absolutely, definitively, 100% the alternative for professional wrestling podcasts and that we are here to stay now i know most of y'all do not have the anchor app and that's perfectly fine you're not hurting my feelings on that whatsoever i promise you you're not everybody has their favorite streaming platforms which they listen to their podcast music all that fun stuff etc but if you're thinking we're just a one-trick pony we just had anchor and technically you lose already because we already have ambiguous podcast solutions.com shout out to Voltaire shook for that um you would be sadly mistaken my friend because you can not only Find the YLP podcast across several different platforms. You can also find the Kings of the Rings podcast, which are about to have their 200th episode. And congratulations to the KOTR gang gang for making it 200 episodes. Um, I'm my, my apologies for not getting a message out to you guys. So this will kind of be my message for this moment. Um, I did it first. Nana nana boo boo. Ha 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 ha. I'm kidding. Um, 200 episodes is a feat. And in and of itself... Um, to do for me personally, doing three episodes a week, um, for almost two years and being able to maintain that, yes, I get to 200 a little bit faster. They've been doing it a little bit longer though. Um, and to have a trio like you guys, Kate, Will, King, that is something special. Even when you made it to your first hundred, I'm sure that moment was just like, wow. A hundred fucking episodes. Wow. Who would have thought, right? And then you're thinking about the next hundred already, which I kind of the same way I did when I made my, when I had my 200 episode. And it's a big deal because, you know, I'm doing it at a different pace. I'm, I am the workhorse of, of the squad. I understand that. But it, it's still, 200 means a lot. And for you three to still do it 
the way you're doing it makes me happy that I'm rocking with you guys in, in the war family. Um, happy 200 to you guys. I hope you guys have a great recording, a great episode. I can't wait to hear what you guys are going to bring to the table for episode 200. Again, my apologies for not getting this out to you, getting an actual message out to you. Um, I hope you do, you do forgive me for that, but this is my 200 episode message to you guys. So congratulations on 200 episodes. Here's the 200 more and, uh, yeah, congratulations are in order for sure. Um, went back to the anchor app, of course. Um, you can also find the Kings of the Rings podcast, the Game Changer podcast, and of course the Delight Show with Men Chappelle himself across several different platforms, including, of course, ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com, anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective for me, anchor.fm slash Wrestle Addict Radio for all of your wonderful Wrestle Addict Radio needs, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Podbean, Castbox, Overcast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old spot of five. Bam! Search for the YLP Podcast, the Kings of the Rings Podcast, the Game Changer Podcast, and the Delight Show with Man Chappelle across all these different platforms, and you should have no problem finding them whatsoever. Now, if you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP Podcast, you can follow me across all my socials, starting off with the Twitter machine. You can find me over there on Twitter at Suede Senator War. That's S-U-E-D-E-S-E-N-A-T-O-R, capital W, capital A, capital R. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite every Wednesday night, every SmackDown episode on Fridays to kick off your weekend, in proper YLP fashion, of course. Every WWE live pay-per-view, and I will be doing it for Extreme Rules on July 19th. May God help us with that one. Every NXT and NXT UK TakeOver specials, and we will be doing the next, of course, we won't be have to worry about an NXT TakeOver special in terms of NXT for a couple of months, and NXT UK until October with NXT UK TakeOver, I believe, uh, not Cardiff, Dublin. Oh man, I almost forgot what city they're going to be in for that one in October. So we have a little while before uh, I do live tuning for any NXT, NXT UK teams. Um I do also live tuning for every AEW live pay-per-view, and this time around the month of July, there will be no live pay-per-view, so we'll be I will do regular live tweeting for AEW Dynamite since they're holding Fighter Fest the 1st and the 8th there. We'll see what happens. We'll try to treat it as if it's an uh, episode of, um, you know, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. We'll see how it goes. We'll play it by ear once we get to that point. And, of course... Now that we're back in the swing of things in terms of New Japan, I do live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well when it's not 3.30 in the morning, 6 a.m. in the morning, and I haven't woke up to go to the bathroom and I can't go back to bed. I do live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. If you want to follow me over there on the Instagram side of things, the mothership of everything that is YLP, you can follow me over there at young underscore lines underscore perspective memes, 60 second thought videos memes in case you missed it update on updates on episodes breaking news if i have have time to actually put it out there for you guys to keep you guys in the know of everything that's going on in the world of professional wrestling memes hella memes um (laughs) and thank you guys so much for getting me over of course thousand thousand follower hump let's start the build towards 2000 and beyond if you want to follow me over on my Facebook, I'm not on there as often, but all of my Instagram posts do connect with my Facebook. So if you want to follow me over there as well, I can be found over there at Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Like the page, follow it, share the page, let a friend know about it, and make sure they like and follow the page as well. 
Follow me on all the digital platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast. Looking over at the judges to make sure I am all good to go and I am good. So let's round it out in the proper way. Episode 220 will be going down Friday night with another installment of Light the Fuse, where I'll be talking about tomorrow night's episode of AEW Dynamite. Um, pretty much it's going to be a straightforward AEW episode. No worrying about a uh, preview and predictions for anything. We'll be, we'll be definitely all, all concentrated on, pretty much focusing on tomorrow night's episode of AEW Dynamite. And I'm curious to see what they're going to be bringing to the table in terms of matches. I believe they said there were going to be two title matches going down uh, tomorrow night. If I'm not mistaken, the AEW World Tag Team Championship is on the line when Kenny Omega and Heyman Page defend against the Natural Nightmares and being cornered by Brandy Rhodes. And now the Butcher and Blades Alley. We'll see how that plays out. As well as the TNT Championship, uh, I I do not believe we know uh, who Cody is defending it against anytime soon. And let me see if I can just pull that up one second. Uh, all right. Just quickly, we'll see if we can find anything. I know the TNT Championship will be on the line. On Wednesday night, I don't, I don't know if they actually said um, if they actually had an opponent for uh, Cody as of yet. We will soon see if this actually decides to load up within time. Let's see what we got here. Um, so yeah, we still do not know as of yet who Cody will be facing for the AEW uh, TNT Championship. I uh, know we also know that the number contendership is on the line for the tag team titles. The best friends will take on the sex gods, Chris Jericho and Samuel Guevara. Winner then now then getting a shot at the winner of the Kenny Omega Hangman page and the natural nightmares in the title defense. Hmm. And we still don't know who will be facing um, tomorrow night as of yet, but we do know we get at least two tag team, uh, two title matches, and of course a number one contenders match on the line. So we'll definitely be talking about all that and more on episode 220 of the YLP Podcast. Enjoy the rest of your night. Enjoy your Wednesday night, whatever you'll be watching at NXT or AEW. Enjoy your Thursday, and I'll see you guys right back here Friday night to kick off your weekend in proper YLP fashion with episode 220 of the YLP Podcast. See ya! This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.